The Iron Wind is silent. The Iron Wind is invisible. Its effects, however, are neither. As you make your way down this back side of the ravine, out of Henren Hyde Castle, led by your scarf, Misha, you can see behind you a line of change. Suddenly there's mountain ranges, and then it pops into different things. It pops into cauliflower, it pops into electricity, it pops into feathers, it pops into a muddy mess of all three slammed together. And you can track it by this line that's being drawn. This invisible line as these things are popping into existence, and they're getting closer and closer to you. You're struggling to stumble as you're being dragged along by the scarf. It seems much more determined to go than you are. Yeah. But the Iron Wind is still following quickly. What are you doing? What are you feeling? What's Misha's state right now? Well, Misha, first and foremost, is feeling a type of, uh, if they were to describe it, a type of sadness that they had not felt as much before like they felt bad when face hurt his leg and they have felt scared and anxious and confused but this is a new feeling because they had never said goodbye to a friend before and even though they promised they would head back and they only wanted to head back as soon as possible with every step they are realizing more and more than that it's probably not going to happen anytime soon like the the more they're walking away they realize that there's more distance between them and their friend that just helped them a lot. So they're still sometimes feel thankful for having the scarf around at least. Though they're Roll speed le- defense. What? Roll speed defense. Ooh, okay. Lucky purple die. Uh, that's a six. I got six. You are thrown out of your thoughts as above you on the on the mountainside, you can see the line has caught up to a bit of the mountain and has removed some of the rocks protecting the space above you, leaving the rest of them disconnected from the sides. And suddenly with a great rumble, the mountain itself seems like it starts to fall down on you. With the scar's help, it pulls you out of the way and you stumble to the ground and get up. And as you get up, you realize that within all this thought, you've let the iron wind catch up to you. Oof. On your left and on your right, you're starting to see things change and move and burst into existence, and you've got a motor fast. Oh my god. So what are you gonna do, Misha? Well, they're just gonna sprint. They're just gonna go for it, try to run across the sand. As you sprint, suddenly at one point, a stray bolt of electricity shoots out from the mountainside and goes right in front of where you're running. I turn around and try to book it at a 90 degree angle from where that thing fell so that I'm not actually running back where I came from. And I got a 16. Yeah, you turn over and there isn't anything there. There's the wall, but suddenly the wall collapses and turns into an ocean that parts itself by the sides. Damn, okay. But suddenly it starts to collapse back in on itself again as it hits the outsides of the mountain that has kind of made this pool. Mm. The waves hit the outside and swing back in. Well, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just gonna increase their speed, try to beat the waves and find a way to just go all the way past this this ocean before it drowns them and they got a they got a six they got another six the oceans come and they fall on top of you 
and you are slammed against the earth for six points of might damage as oh you are God. thrown through this whirlpool. I got six of my damage. Okay, oh, I was a weak boy back in <laughs> tier one. Eventually, this whirlpool throws you out onto the ground, and you can see just the mountainside itself falling down into the valley below. But that's not your problem. Actually, no, that is your problem. What are you doing? Um, so the mountain's crumbling on top of like. Yeah. So you are you are now on top of part of the ravine, mm -hmm. and where you are, much like what was just happening to you on the other side, is falling down into the ravine itself. Okay. Can I? Is there a place? Is there like another place that I can try and jump to? Yeah, you can jump to a neighboring cliffside. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna try and do that, but I got a force. That's not very good. I have immunity. I can't die before the pain actually starts. Uh, right? You get replaced with an identical Misha Jarvis. Yes, it's a clone all along. <laughs> actually. I don't like that face. You jump and you grab with the scarf's help onto the side of the other cliffside. And you're holding on and you're about to make it through, but that's when the cliff you were just on sandwiches you between the cliff you're holding on to and itself. Oh boy. And Misha Jarvis, after losing all of their might points, falls down, 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 down into the darkness below. And the only thing we can see as they fall one bright red light turn into two. Alright, so, uh, Din David. Uh, what is up, Jeff? Ugh. Oh, God, it's been like two weeks since we started on this damn thing, but at least we got that first chunk of stuff done. I would say it's pretty good. I mean, you know, as long as nobody looks at it with a magnifying glass, I think uh, it's passable, you know, it's the surface level stuff, yeah. Yeah, passable at best. It probably won't even take up to an hour to summarize all of it, but... Uh... Right, one of us is gonna have to tell the client. Ugh, I feel like that's way, way above my pay grade, man. Listen, I know, I've heard stories about the client, man. Freaking scary things. Now, fucking scary, I can swear you can. I forgot about those rules. Fucking scary, man. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I encountered the clients a little bit once, it's from a distance, and I was like, that is not for me, man. That is absolutely not for me, so talking to them up close, I will have to get a race. Listen, I, and listen. And a free burger. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. <laughs> It's just such an odd thing to ask for. I want a raise, and I want a burger. A free burger. And then I'm happy. Dave has unique tastes. Okay, so, um, what the fuck are we going to say? Listen, Din David, I, I, I get it, alright? I want a burger too, although honestly I'm more partial to, you know, shacking sandwiches, but that's just me. I guess I could go for a soon, but... Ah, oh, you disgust me, Dave. Listen, listen, anything that's free food that's not Patsa or Snapoas, I'm fine with. <laughs> Anyways, so, this is what happens. This is what happens when you back up your memories in the proverbial cloud, so to speak. You can't have your memories up here and then a physical form down there, because when that happens and you cut off from the data sphere, poof, you gotta get us two schmoes to fix it. Yeah, and it's not easy. 
It's definitely a lot of work. I still don't know why we're doing it, but uh, hey. Why, do, why, does, why does the client care so much about this thing? It's cute. I do not want to ask questions that I should not ask. I'm paid to fix things. I'm fixing things. I don't understand why this is so important, but I'm just regular shtabe. Her lips smile. Her red lips smile. Her red lips smile as she looks at you. Her red lips smile as she looks down at you and extends an arm. Her red lips smile as she looks down at you and extends an arm. And the lips frown as a force around your torso pulls you back and away from her. Misha, you wake up sometime later. It's hard to tell when. As you sit up, you can see two red lights on the wall, one of which fades as your red eye turns back to being gray. And on the ground beneath you, looking exhausted somehow, you see your scarf just kind of lazily laying on your lap. Misha will go to the scarf and ask, "How, how did we get here? Did you do all this? Your scarf just looks up at you and lays back down, but a little more... Earlier, it looked like it just was kind of flopped, almost as if it wasn't adamant at all. Mm -hmm. But now it looks up at you and it kind of like nestles in. Oh, Misha will say, well, thank you. If you did all this, it's very interesting. So so Misha is inside like it. Are there actual lights and stuff in the place where they are, they're at? Or um, So you fell down like a ravine, like a crack between, not like the big valley, but you fell down like a small crack between mountains. As you look up, you can't make out the light. It's just kind of an empty darkness up there. It looks like you fell pretty dang far. Oh, okay. So you're in what kind of looks to be like a cavernous-like space. Okay. Okay, so how big is this cave? I don't know, it's tough to know. You're going to sit down, you're going to get up, or you're going to walk around a bit. Well, Misha will get up and walk around a bit. If it's, mm, I guess if it's dark, I don't have anything to light it. But, I mean, there's there's this red light, right? They will go to see what that is if it's inside the cave. Okay. You go and walk towards the red light, and you get closer and closer to it. And as you get closer, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually you get right up face to the wall, and you only see red. And you realize the red light is just from your red eye. Oh, I see. It's like a flashlight. Oh, it's just pretty... Okay, I see, I see. That was my bad, then. Well, that's fine. Um, Yeah, then Misha will go around and explore the cave a little bit more, holding tight to the scarf and, like, petting it a little bit, because they seem that it has been through a lot. (laughs) Yeah, your scarf nestles up right on you. It seems to be sagging a bit more because it's just tired. It's like if you hold, like, a baby in, like, one of those little papooses. Yeah. Yeah. So you walk around, and I gotta say, for being a cave that you fell into in a life and death scenario, it's surprisingly cozy. Okay. It looks like while the crack that you fell down might have been made randomly, this cave has been around for a while, and it does seem pretty lived in. You find just a handful of things. You find, you know, some tomatoes, some other frets. 
That's what fruits are. Some other fruits and vegetables. I mean, Misha doesn't care about those, so it's fine. But it, they can use them as decoration for the cave. Just put them around, put some color. You see some bunks, some random objects. The only really interesting thing to you is you do see a very worn out book all about Numenera and magical items. Mm. I say that because you have a worn Numenera book in your tier one items. I do have a worn Numenera book. Whoever was here, you can tell are long gone. The, the food is rotting, which you have at least heard through the grapevines is that humans do not usually eat food that is rotten mm. and they usually don't keep it around. But sometimes they do because they're just so damn strange. <laughs> And eventually by following some lights that were hung on the ceiling, they're no longer lit, the candles, but you can see them. Mm -hmm. You're able to find the entrance to this cave. And when you look out, you can see under the bright blue moon, the edge of the mountainside. Okay. It extends to something you haven't seen before which admittedly you haven't seen much, but as opposed to the gruff sand of Lagrash or the gravelly mountainside, it's this long, endless plain filled with grass and these long ears of like corn. It's basically what looks to be like giant fields and farm fields. Mm. I guess Misha first will like make a motion towards like continuing, but then they will have a like double thought about it and kind of like speak to themselves but also to the scarf but it's a way to like just you know talk to themselves a bit i suppose i could proceed there but it seems big and it seems endless in a way and i don't think the human that lived here is still here but it seems like a nice place to be i and, and they will look back to where they came from and say i i would like to Go back with face, but... No! Dangerous! Monster! Murder! I no. don't think Dangerous. I should. I Monster. don't think he wants me there anymore. And he no. is right, I suppose. So, um, what do you say if you stay here? It's no. nice. Uh, there's not much to explore, but I suppose I can bring this book and I can Hey, wait a second, wait a second, David. What's up, what's up? What's all this interference going on? I can't hear the thing they're saying to the, the scarf. I don't know what it is. Uh, I guess there's a glitch in the oh, cloud or something. This is ridiculous. We gotta, we gotta wrap this thing up by today, okay? Uh, all right, let's, let's, let's try it again. All right, let's try it again. I guess Misha first will like make a motion towards like continuing, but then they will have a like double thought about it and kind of like speak to themselves, but also to the scarf, but it's a way to like just, you know, talk to themselves a bit. I suppose I could proceed there, but it seems big and it seems endless in a way. And I don't think the human that lived here is still here, but it seems like a nice place to be. I and, and they will look back to where they came from and say, I, I would like to go back with face, but...
think I should. I don't think he wants me there anymore. And he is right, I suppose. So, um, what do you say if we stay here? It's nice. Uh, there's not much to explore, but I suppose I could read this book and I can learn more about humans in this cave. And the scarf looks up at you kind of confused and actually like shakes its head at first when you're like, no, let's not go outside. But it notices, it notices something that you seem to be thinking about that you're not saying. And it, it reluctantly slinks back up and is like, yeah, yeah, we'll stay for a bit. Oh, yeah, Misha will just be like, this is a nice place and we will learn to like it, won't we? And kind of smile kind of sadly to the scarf. You don't learn to like it. Within a day, you've seen everything the cave has to offer. Within two, you've read the whole book because most of it is like worn out and bad anyway. <laughs> but every time you want to go leave the cave, you take a few steps out and even the scarf like pulls is like, eh, 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 let's go. You don't. Mm-hmm. You, you go, you, you want to go step out and then almost like a wall, those those anxieties come back. Th- those words. It's not like, I should make it clear, it's not that you're physically hearing the words, mm-hmm. but they've buried themselves into your brain and, and taken root and lived there. Mm-hmm. And nothing, nothing gets you to leave until the day you hear the screams from the Cairn fields. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Misha, suddenly when you're just hanging out in the cave doing whatever. Reading the book again. (laughs) You just hear this probably like half a dozen screams belting out from the cairn fields. What? What is that? The scarf immediately takes this opportunity and flies out to sea, but it can't see. It's there for for, to get you there. (laughs) And you take suit and you can see in the cairn field pops of like red, just like these little red spires popping up through the cairn. And then occasionally you'll see bits of the cairn stocks start to fall down and like bits of it are on fire. And it sounds like something is in trouble. Uh, Misha will still like first instinctively go for it. And then when they reach that like place that they've never really left, they're going to stop and look at it. Will I make it worse though? If I go, maybe maybe somebody will show up and 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 help this 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 thing. Maybe maybe if I go, the screams will go louder and and it will be worse. So it might be best if I stay here and and try and and and, and read this book again uh, because maybe I missed something and and then the the screams over there will stop. <sighs> You hear another explosion from the cornfield and the scarf starts, like, tugging on you. You shall say, oh, well, uh, I suppose we can go and and see, just see what is going on. Not approach it too much, just see it. And and we'll see that everything is fine. We'll see that there's help and we'll head back to the cave. So you run down to the cornfield, the cornfield. Corn, corn, cornfield. The cornfield. Cornfield. You run down to the cornfield. Uh, you're scared, but a sense of almost liberation after taking out those first few steps. And you make it all the way to the cornfield, ready to figure out what's going on. And roll speed defense. Oh boy. All right. You know, I've been rolling semi-well and semi-bad, so I rolled a 14. See, I still got it. I still got it. Maybe. Suddenly, out of the cairn, 
You see this thing that looks like a turkey, except instead of feathers, it has these red sacks on it. And instead of like a head, it just has this like spout at the top of its neck. It's a blood turkey. It's a blood bar. Oh yeah, that thing. And it just starts tick, 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 tick. It starts running at you. And suddenly you just feel a shadow go over you and push you to the side and both of you and the shadow tumble over and the turkey just and then runs back into the field. I want to say as Misha's tumbling down with the shadow they are going to out loud saying this was a mistake (laughs) this was a mistake this was a mistake like repeatedly. And as you get down and you're still shouting this the shadow moves itself up. She is a tall figure with a black robe and a skull mask and she just turns you and says life's a mistake but we still have to do our job what the fuck is happening right now and she charges back into the cairn field (laughs) uh misha will be like they will look at at this figure that just left to the cairn field and they will stare for a second then they will be like well it is now time to return to the cave. And then they're going to start walking there, but then they're like going to like like turn around and and go to the direction of, of where that person is. Like well, just ca- it's time to return to the cave. And I like to believe that Misha goes to walk back and the scarf just pulls on Misha, who like falls on their butt and just gets dragged oh, I like that. through the car. Yeah, yeah, let's say it. Let's just edit it like that. So like Misha will just say like, it's time to return to the cave. And then you just say that. <laughs> and, and and eventually you get to a clearing where a bunch of Karn has fallen down. The scarf stops pulling you and you just kind of fall on your back. And so you see everything upside down at first until you're able to go up and see it. What you see is you see six of these turkeys, which are called blood barms, Mm -hmm. facing off against this tall figure who has a scythe on her back, but doesn't seem to be doing that and instead seems to be trying to wrangle these blood barms with her hands. And she's not doing too well. At one point, you can see one of them rams into her and a lot of the pockets break and out of them, a dozen tiny little like two inch tall blood barms pop out and just start piling on this shadow who's like stumbling on the ground like, "Ah, ah, get off me. Stop it. Um, Misha will first just stand there and watch and then they're going to like slowly approach and just be like, do you need help? Really, like, reluctantly. Gabriella of the Shadows never needs help. And she continues to flail and starts, like, trying to knock things over. I can do this all by myself. And out of the bottom of the cloak, a bright white tennis shoe kicks out and hits one of the blood barms. <gasps> and more mini turkeys pop out and start pinning down this figure even further. Gab- Gabriella! Nomenclature recognized. Gabriella, do you know face? Do you know face? And then they're going to like approach and try and also take the blood burns out as they're asking that question. Like, do you know face? All right. So give me, give me three rolls for each. Do you know face? Actually, that's four rolls. Okay. Six. Oh God. Hang on. 14, 16, and six. 
I'm rolling a lot of sixes today. Well, luckily, these these are tier one enemies, so it works. It's true. You brush off all of the little baby blood barms, and the figure gets up and stares down at you. You can see the, like, skull mask frown a little bit. Face. I understand now why you're here. Well, unfortunately, killer... We can't destroy these ones. We gotta wrangle them up. Ah, uh, I... We should have just confused us to all of the things. So, I interpret that you do know face, but you want to wrangle these turkeys before providing more information. Is this correct? And Gabby, who is back down on the ground with more turkeys covering her, just says... Uh, fine, yes! Oh, certainly. I will do so to get more information. And so, uh, Misha will go and try to wrangle these turkeys. I assume I need to roll for that? Yeah, how are you wrangling? I forgot I called them turkeys and not blood bombs. Oh, sorry, um, I guess- No, I did that too. It's fine. We're just gonna say that local people call them turkeys. T- turkeys. How are you wrangling these turkeys? Turkeys. Okay. Um... Well, how many are there? There are six. 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 Okay. How big are they? They're turkeys. They're the size of turkeys. They're right, blood right, barbs. Right, they right, are right, right. Okay, sure. Disgusting sack turkeys. Um, uh, that's pretty big. Uh, maybe Misha will try and like put all their weight on top of three of them, and then try and maybe put the scarf so that like send it so that it grabs the other three. Or two. I don't know. I'm bad with physics. All right. So, yeah, you go to grab three of them at the neck. You can reach that. Okay. So give me five rolls. Mm, boy. That's a two. Fail. That's a three. Fail. How many rolls do you want? Five. Okay, okay. That's another three. Fail. That is a six. Fail. That's a five. <laughs> All right, kick in the music. (laughs) So this is what happens in a flash. Misha, you grab the blood barms, you throw them. Unfortunately, your scarf was going to throw them in the opposite direction. So all of them hit each other and explode into a million more blood barms. A little baby ones. The baby ones crawl all around you. You don't want to hurt them. They're still kind of cute because they're small. Because of that, though, they kind of just lock you in place. And the other blood barms take turns just whacking you with their heads. Oh, no. Eventually, Gabby gets in and starts roughing some of them up. And they hiss at Gabby. And she's like, ah, no. (laughs) Shoot out this, like, icy blood spit they have. And it's like, ah, it's in my eyes. Uh, So Gabby starts falling to the ground. And eventually, eventually... Many hours later, when the sun is set and you and Gabby are on the ground, battered and bruised, the blood barms just look down at you like people who just like kick someone. And from the distance you hear, Yoo-hoo, blood bombs, time to come home. Benny, Jenny, Benny, Kenny, Bo Benny, and Tim all come back. And Tim. And the blood barms all immediately <laughs> pop up and run back on. And Gabby just is like, if that damn farmer could have called them the whole time, then why did they require my services? Ow. Are you hurt? Misha will try to. Don't touch me. 
Oh, my apologies. Uh, uh, I wanted to help. I realized I was not that helpful, but um, I wanted to help you because I have recognized your nomenclature from face. I realize I did not help with the blood barns, but... Yeah, of course, you know face. Oh, my apologies. I thought you were friends with face. Is that not correct? He told me about you a lot. That damn phase, he attracts killers. People like you and me, folks who can't. Folks who don't know anything else. But unfortunately, he just can't tolerate the murderous, dark, edgy tendencies of us. Which is absolutely the reason why he didn't want to date me. <laughs> he likes being around killers, but he can't stand them for long. Folks like me and you, we're a liability to everyone else. So, under other circumstances, Misha would have latched on the date part of that sentence, but the other parts of that sentence were more salient on, on Misha's mind, and so upon hearing these words, they will just get really quiet and like kind of shrink a little and say, Oh, yes, I, I, I suppose that is why he wanted me away as well, isn't it? <sighs> All of those things you did, did did, did you know you were doing it? Did you want to do them? Did you regret them? I, I don't know if I did, but... Gabby looks into the distance, super edgy. Well, I never actually did any of those things, <laughs> but I know that I could've. And really, is there any difference? And with that, she will walk through the rest of the corn. Misha will look at Gabriela disappearing in the distance and they will have a big sense of dread as they do because even though it's not as clear as the past few weeks and even those are starting to fade a little, they know that they, they, they know that they have done more things than Gabriela has done. And so when that realization comes back, even though they don't know how they know exactly, but they know that they have done bad things, they will book it back into the cave, like, running. They will internally promise to themselves that they will not do anything like this again. And as you book it back to the cave, the sun starts to set, and its light turns from a yellow to an orange to a red that almost seems to chase you back the whole way. to the announcement break for Quest Friends episode 57, Misha's Memory Part 2. I am Kyle, your GM, and our outro song is Friends by Miracle of Sound. So we know the wait between episodes can be long, especially when Jeff and Din David bungle it and an episode appears even a day later. And unfortunately, there isn't really a way to get weekly episodes going. 
But because we all have found ourselves with a little bit more time on our hands, we've actually started trying to stream on twitch.tv slash quest friends. That's one word, quest friends, all is one. So we are streaming a lot. We are streaming approximately five days a week. You can find a general basic schedule on any of our social medias, at least sometime today. But for anyone who can't check, on Mondays I run GMing stuff, on Tuesdays Emily has a chill art stream, on Wednesdays Ari and Hallie play The Sims, on Fridays Tom and I actually do a video game race, we're doing one of our favorite games, Valkyria Chronicles, right now, and on Sundays I alternate between either editing an upcoming episode, which the pace for editing is really slow, so you don't really have to worry about massive spoilers, or... I play Sonic Adventure 2 because in addition to our regular stream schedule at twitch.tv slash questfriends, Hallie and I are partnering with Cat Cool and Pranks to run a four-parter Sonic Adventure 2 role-playing stream starting on May 25th. If you're not familiar with Cat and Pranks, now is a great time to get familiar with both of them. Both of them make an all-ages actual play show called Autonomic, which can be found at autonomicpodcast.com. It's spelled like the nervous system, and you can also find the link below. In addition, Cat has started streaming on Twitch over at Cool Kid, that's K-U-H-L underscore K-I-D, where the vibe of their channel is relaxing, homey games played kindly and missed rambling story time. Uh, basically what we're aiming for with the Emily streams, but with Animal Crossing and other fun games instead of drawing. Pranks and Cat are also part of Never Tell Me the Pods, which is a periodic Star Wars podcast that they do with two other friends. What I'm saying is that these two role players are absolutely up our alley in the kind of content they create, and I am over the moon at the prospect of being able to take a Sonic game with a fun story wrapped behind just layers of bullshit and seeing how we can play with that base to have a, a really fun time. So again, the schedule for that and all of our other streams can be found linked on our social media. I'll stick it below. Or, you know, you could just... Follow us on twitch.tv slash questfriends and be notified every single time we go live. All right, that is all I have for announcements today. Uh, we've got a bonus episode coming in a week, but the week after that, two weeks from now, on Monday, May 25th, I will see you for our next episode, Tales from the Beyond. I'll see you then. A streak of icy blue hair, hot, angry red light, an ice pick on your skull. This wasn't what had been promised. This wasn't safe. This wasn't okay. Nothing was okay. This is all a, a lie. They lied to you. Misha Jarvis, you feel your soul being ripped in two. Misha, for the second time, you wake up again. Or, more accurately, there's a gap where memory should be. You look around the cavernous space you've been hiding in. 
Again, as you look on the wall, two lights on the wall fade into one. How do you respond? Uh, Misha's going to approach the wall where the other red light is no longer there. Really anxiously, because there's two things that worry them, and they seem to be connected. They are worried about these gaps. They don't like having gaps in their memory. They're already really afraid of the big gap that seems to just extend forever. And also because they think that it might be tied to this difference in their eyes changing color. And they don't understand it and they don't like it. So they're really afraid. So they're just going to keep looking at it. Yeah, You look at the wall? Yeah. Do you, uh, like, reach for comfort from your scarf at all? Yes, Misha is going to look. After after that, for a, for a moment, they're going to look for the scarf. I assume that it was around Misha's neck. If they're not, then yeah. they're going to look for it. But they're going to, when they, like, shrink a bit, like, also I mean that they are, like, trying to hug the, the scarf. It's just hard to say it, but they try to, like, touch their shoulders hugging the scarf. Since you've gotten up, Misha... It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a headache, but it's the closest that a human could experience. You feel this, like, pulse banging against your head. And as it gets stronger and you're looking at the wall, one of the lights, the second light, starts to illuminate itself again. Ooh, okay. But it only comes in in full when you reach up for the scarf on your neck and you feel nothing but tatters. What? Oh no! Misha will look, will look down! Scarf? Scarf? Your scarf, at least as you know it, is not there. All you see instead is a limp rag. Oh my god, what? Torn into pieces. No! What? Kyle, no! No, not my scarf! Oh no! Misha, Misha will hold it and be like, Scarf, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I apologize! I... And, and and they're going to try and like look around, see if they can they can fix it somehow. I'll 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 fix it. I apologize. I, I I'll fix it. I'll fix it. What do you grab? Um. So what is there? Is there any like tape or? Yeah, there's some DAC tape. Roll to apply it. Okay. That's a two. The DAC tape doesn't work. It rips off even more pieces. What's oh something God. else you try? Me just panicking. They're just looking around everywhere, just like throwing things that like might be sticky. They're going to look up how to fix scarf. You look up how to fix scarf. And it's like when, you know, you press a button and it just sticks. Like, mm-hmm. so it's how to fix scarf. It repeats and you're just seeing images it's an image result of the scarf more and more and more and more you've ripped into bits and pieces what's the next thing you try oh uh, uh they're they're <clears throat> they are i guess I, I mean i don't know if misha would know this though like they don't know how to solve but i guess they will try to see if there's any string that they can wrap around the scarf, like, like, tie it, try to tie it together, like, if it's falling apart, try and tie it together. Give me one more roll. Oh my god. Oh, that's the net one! It's the net one that I have rolled! Don't- why? Is this a different scarf? You go to grab the string, and you wrap it around and around and around, but just seems to slip off more and more. And part of the reason it struggles is because you you struggle to look at the scarf, which grows more and more limp. And as you're trying to wrap it around, it almost looks like, you know, it's convulsing. Oh no, no. And all your efforts do is give you a greater look at the scarf, which is sitting there limp 
and lifeless. No, no. Bathed in red light as if it's bathed in blood. And during this time, you feel something pulling at you, pulling at your arms, pulling at your legs, pulling at your neck. And I need you to roll defense, assuming Misha struggles against it at all. Misha will, yeah. Misha will just keep screaming like, no, 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 repeatedly. And um, that's a four, so... Misha, you take four points of might damage. Okay. As you are thrust backwards against the wall and all the lights go out from your eyes. Oh no. And after a moment, one red light goes back on. And above it, you see looking down at you very concerned, your purple scarf. What? Which stares back down at you and unslithers itself from your neck where it had pulled you backwards. Oh, was that like a, like a mission? Was this not real? I don't know, what do you do? Misha will hug the scarf, like they will, they will just be like, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize, scarf, I, I apologize, I, 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 uh, how did you, how did you heal, I, I apologize, and they're just going to just be doing that a lot. The scarf wraps itself around you in a tighter hug than it's ever had before. It's a long time before you're able to look at the space where you thought the scarf had been tattered on the ground. And when you eventually do, hours or even days later, you don't see anything. But that doesn't provide you much comfort. After all, as Gabby had said, it doesn't matter whether or not it did happen. It matters whether or not it could have happened. Not much happens the remainder of our month. We've got about, I think, a week and a half left. I'm assuming you don't even look for the entrance to the cave. No, no, no. Misha is not even going much. Like, maybe sometimes they look up stuff about things, but in general, they're just kind of catatonic almost. Like, they're just staring there, hugging the scarf a lot, apologizing, and, and just promising that they, they will never let that happen, even though they feel like the words are kind of empty. And, and as you're, you're making that promise, you've got nothing else to do but to read the Numenera book. <laughs> Luckily, at the end, there are pages of noble and good adventurers, uh, the, the people who found these Numenera. It's literally just the biography of the author section at the final page of the book. That's the most interesting part. Yeah, you devour that over and over, hundreds, thousands of times each day, but you do not move from your spot until one day. When the scarf, which had convinced you, it had slowly moved you closer and closer to the edge of the cave, suddenly perks up like a dog that had seen something and starts trying to tug you out of the cave. Misha will feel that and, and they will be like, no, no, you saw what happened before. You, you, you saw what could have happened here. If, if that could happen here, what could happen if I leave? I, I cannot do that. The scarf keeps tugging. It does not stop. It keeps pulling harder and harder. You, 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 you can go. I will stay. The scarf pulls again. Uh, if, 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 if I do two steps and go back, that's fine for you, right? There do not seem to be any ants on the floor, so I will not even step on those if I walk two steps out. So we can do that. And head back. The scarf is just pulling. Okay, four steps, then head back. And, and that's it. Four steps. All right, you get to the four steps and the scarf is still pulling. Okay, all right. Eight. But that's all. That's all. 
I won't, I won't go further. It's fine. It's, it's, why do you want to go? And I keep asking questions to the scarf like that all the time. And the scarf keeps pulling. You keep doing this tug of war that the scarf fully moves. It's two steps, then four, then six, then 20, then 50. Eventually you're down and you're even past the cornfield and you crest a hill. And as you get to the top of the hill, suddenly the scarf leaps off of you and flies off over the edge of the hill. No, scarf, come back. I, I apologize. Are you are you still are you mad at me? I'm, I apologize. Don't leave me. I do not want to be alone. And they will they will try and follow the scarf. As you run up the hill, Misha, you look around. You're on top of a hill. You see all sorts of planes around you. A few miles away, you can see this small rustic town. And walking towards it, you see three small bobbing lights. And if you follow the lights back, you can see a series of like deep, heavy footprints in the ground. And right by one of the footprints, you see lying on the ground your scarf, which is lying on top of a piece of paper. Oh, okay. Misha will pick the scarf, hug it. If it's a little dirty, they'll try to take (laughs) the dirt off. And then they'll pick the paper up. As you pick up the scarf, it almost seems to jump to life for a second. It seems like it was just laying there like an inanimate scarf. But then as soon as it like almost wakes up from its stupor, it immediately looks around for something. It looks down dejected when it can't see anything, but then sees the piece of paper you've picked up and starts like excitedly pointing at it. We said we'll read it. This paper is a call from the town of Rhubarb. Looks like it is looking for the one thing Misha has read a lot about. Looks like it's looking for adventurers. Misha will light up at that word. Uh, adventurers! Like the ones in the book and, and, and that face talk about and, and and then they're going to like realize that I actually got excited about that. And then be like, oh, um, well, I I suppose I could see what this is about. We could try and learn more about humans this way just for a a, a small time and then we can return to the cave it will not take that long i suppose the scarf looks at you stiffens up nods authoritatively then wraps itself around you in one more hug extends one of its ends and points forward like a charge let's do adventuring today and go back to the cave at night We did it, didn't David? We got it all together. Yeah, it's, a, it's as good as it's gonna get, Jeff, so... Uh... Luckily, it all seems pretty smooth sailing from here. I mean, we have that weird thing in that, like, Charmande. Uh, yeah. There seem to be a couple glitches that I don't know how to fix. Some sort of, you know, name mix-ups there and here and there, yeah. but... Uh... It ain't part of the contract. We're not gonna worry about it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's too far in advance. We'll just leave it. I mean, how, how disruptive can it be, you know? All right, ma'am, so, uh... Yeah, Din David and I, this is all of our work, ma'am. We did exactly like you requested. We've hit everything that you want. I know it's not perfect, but uh, I think you're gonna make big strides with this, okay? And that's the last one. That's the last scene, you know. I know from uh, the grapevine, some of this other stuff is uh, a bit of a touchy subject, so there's no need to continue from, I want to see all of it. I want to see that.
Unlike the northern country of Navarine, rhubarb doesn't seem that well. While you might find an electric tether here or a telepathic sheepdog there, for the most part, people get by by the grit of their teeth. And grit they have, making their pay by taming a multitude of wild creatures, including anines, blood barms, and broken helms. Misha, you are here because the town has been posting a call for anyone daring, desperate, or deluded enough to adventure for hire. You enter the mayor's office, which is in a back room of the town bar. This bar is alive with what I like to call life and strife. Food and fists are flying as part of a massive bar fight, but everyone seems to be having a good time. You've got friends smiling at each other and then just punching each other's teeth out. There's a band in the corner ducking as food and like beer is being thrown over them, but never faltering in their tune. They keep it going. But most importantly, within the crowd hide three individuals, each struggling to bear their own burdens, but with more than enough strength to carry them together. <laughs> it's just like humans to be so peculiar. Yeah, I have some Morse code. Okay. It could be deciphered. Huh. Misha will go to the scarf and ask, how, how did we get here? Did you do all this? Suddenly, out of nowhere, the scarf makes a mouth and starts to speak. Yeah, pulls us down here. <laughs> why does why, why this? I don't like to speak much. I smoke 40 packs a day. This is the stress you put it on me, Listen. you scarf. Why Listen, scarf Misha. I seen that lady around. She bad news. Okay? You don't fuck with her. Okay, I gotta figure out an actual response. 